I think it's a good sign when you start realizing each thing, each and every day that you learn something and you learn more that you realize you don't know a lot. And that's a scary thing, but it's also a very good sign when you start internalizing like, oh yeah, I don't know a lot. If you're an entrepreneur, you have probably heard of Shark Tank, an entertainment phenomenon broadcasted on the network ABC. Soon enough, you'll probably hear of another program, which is much more beyond just getting exposure, Founders Live. The person behind it joins us today on Educate. Nick Hughes shares his many learnings from his career and his startup that empowers other startups and founders alike. He expounds also on how education relates to the organization that's grown to 70 cities and touches the lives of tens of thousands of entrepreneurs. Hey, Nick, thanks so much for actually joining us here on Educate. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Excited to talk. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to have you as well. Um, Frankly, you and I had a little coffee break, quote unquote, uh, many, many months ago. I, I don't even know if it's been uh, like, it's, I think it's been at least a year, at least maybe or two, right? Oh, I think it was, if I remember correctly, I think that was about two years ago or somewhere in that time frame. Uh, it was before I actually took off on on my world tour and travels for Founders Live, which we can talk about. But um, yeah, we so I remember that uh, that coffee meeting uh, based on um, the app that we were using at the time. Yeah, no, totally. And you gave us some incredible ideas. I mean, I those were the first time, uh, or that was the first time that someone had kind of suggested some of those things. And um, that's what I always love about these conversations is, regardless of what our focus is, you know, obviously we're going to talk about education today. Um, it always spawns into these other cool things. And, and that's another reason why, in all honesty, I'm, I'm really happy to have you on the show is you, you represent what I, I call um, this, this group of people that my, the godmother of my kids and I have always kind of categorized. We don't like to categorize, but regardless, just good peoples, you know, and, um, and you're about helping others. So, so um, very excited to hear your thoughts. Well, anyway, uh, I'll, I'll sh shut up here, but let's have you actually talk about uh, like what you're doing, uh, who you are uh, a little bit, you know, for the, the, you know, the quote unquote studio audience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my name is Nick Hughes. I am the founder and CEO of Founders Live. And, you know, I'd consider myself just that I'm the entrepreneur that uh, I, I think now as a lifelong entrepreneur and, you know, it doesn't, it didn't start necessarily that way. Um, actually, you know, I grew up as an athlete, uh, more or less, you know, played a number of sports and, you know, was, was quite into it. And, you know, going into college, I realized, eh, probably not going to be a professional athlete. And, um, you know, so I went as, as I, from high school into college, I realized, okay, I should probably start focusing on, on something rather than, you know, just trying to like play and then get a, a, a whatever education I wanted to actually get a meaningful experience in, in the university. And so I started to study uh, actually exercise physiology and uh, became more of, if I knew that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, 
I'm going to train them. And so I learned a lot about, you know, that area of, uh, you know, biomechanics, uh, biology, um, you know, kinesiology, which is study of movement. And, and so I started to actually work with athletes and train them as a strength coach and, and all of that direction. And then actually as a trainer as well. So I trained general public as well as, you know, athletes. And so, you know, my education was really around that and, you know, studied, you know, um, chemistry and biology and biomechanics. And actually one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite real understandings and studies was, you know, when you look at biomechanics, it's the connection of, uh, um, you know, it's, it's um, physics, but then the human body, and then also just understanding the physics of the world was uh, really interesting. And, and so I thought that that was really cool. Um, but then I went into, you know, basically my, so my first career was around um, in the uh, fitness and strength training as athletics. Uh, I actually, my first job out of school was working for a professional, you know, NBA professional team, the Seattle Sonics when they were there, and then the Seattle Storm. Uh, and, you know, at, you know, 22, 23. So yeah, my first career was in that. And I, I did that until about, you know, 30 years old. Um, until I really made the change into uh, entrepreneurship. And, and so, you know, we can talk about that. But, you know, I think I was one of those people that saw the, the like hours for dollars or dollars for hours experience, if you will, and really realized that I want to create something of my own. I wanted to own that uh, and I wanted to scale it around the world. And, and that is not hours for dollars. So that, that was kind of my like transition into entrepreneurship. Cool. Um, so do you think you were always a cool guy? I mean, you know, like I, I, you know, I'm listening to you and, you know, I got to know you obviously through Coffee Break, our friend James, who created that startup. And um, instantly I could just feel it. Like you, you just have this, you know, aura of, of goodness. I, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, um, why I'm asking that is because as an athlete and, you know, we stereotype sometimes, right? Like athletes or jocks or jocks or these, you know, whatever that you call it. Right. And um, I grew up in a football factory or a football quarterback factory. And let's just say they were not the brightest, uh, you know, or, or the most humane. Do, do you think your development changed as you, you know, learn more about all these different subjects you just talked about? You know, I, I think the, the thread through here is that, um, by nature, you know, so I, yes, I was an athlete and whatnot. And, and yet then when I became a coach, um, by nature, your goal is to help that individual improve to, to really move on and to enhance their abilities, their, uh, enhance their, um, performance as well as then like in, you know, more general health and fitness, it's, um, you know, how do we help them improve and achieve their goals? So I think I, took on that, that coach and almost that, you know, when you're, and so now we're going to shift into like, you know, going from training athletes to like, you know, training 45 year old women when I'm 25, you really have to understand uh, human dynamics and, and actually understand how to communicate with people and understand social intelligence. I think that that, I just, I've always had that, but man, if you're going to even survive 
in those sort of environments, you know, you, you need to understand how to talk to on the same day, an 18 year old young guy that, yeah, wants to make it to the college level in football. And then the next hour is a 45 year old woman that is looking to, you know, lose weight or increase, you know, her, her health. And then, you know, an hour later, it's a 75 year old person that just wants to continue to climb upstairs. And you're, you're like having to do that in three hours segments. Right. So the dynamic nature really helped me understand that and, and really listen to people and ask questions. And, you know, I think I've taken that, I've, I've pulled that into my life and, and now what, what I'm doing clearly as I lead, you know, founders live and, and lead entrepreneurs, um, you know, helping them advise them and just communicate with people. You know, those are the things that stuck with me. Uh, they were successful in what I did previously. And they, I think they help now. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit more about Founders Live. Um, I've been to several of them and I've enjoyed every single one. Um, and I got to thank you just because uh, I met some wonderful people at that, um, at these events, including my current, you know, like uh, uh, main engineer who's, who's developed in our app. Right. So if it wasn't for your uh, organization or your, your, you know, your, your platform basically, which is what it is. Right. Um, tell us more. I won't, I won't speak. I won't, I won't you know, put words in your mouth. Yeah, well, Founders Live is a global platform for entrepreneurship. And we, we, we like to say we power the pulse of early stage entrepreneurship uh, around the world through uh, not just our global plat, like our global community, founderslive.com and everything that you can find there, whether that's, you know, you know connecting with people, chatting, um, you know, there's, there's education, there's videos, there's articles, a lot of great stuff on there. But also, you know, our events that are pitch competitions uh, that really highlight the emerging talent coming out of these cities around the world. And I started in Seattle and, you know, actually 2014 was the very first event in Seattle and, you know, just very purely a MVP kind of beta test and that worked really well. And so um, in 2016, uh, we started to actually like put more, you know, we act, that's when I actually created the company and incorporated, created the brand Founders Live, and then started the process of expanding the event to uh, new cities. Um, that so the event really is that like in person, you know, where everything you know re, in real life, you know, people can hang, you know, get connected. They gather in the in in the community, and then we you know highlight the five early stage companies as a pitch competition. You know, each has 99 seconds to pitch their company and then four minutes of Q&A with the audience. We cycle through the five presenters in that fashion. And then at the end, the crowd votes on a winner. And, you know, so it's a really fun event and, um, you know, started to build that out and, you know, actually reached about uh, almost 60 cities globally. Uh, and, you know, that's, you know, 55 to 60 cities having an event, you know, doesn't mean they had one every month. Uh, but then, you know, pandemic hit. So we've made a ton of changes we can talk about. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, our, uh, our goal is to really solve some major challenges in early stage entrepreneurship. And this is globally. Number one is there is a tremendous amount of founders around the world, people that are either an entrepreneur right now, or they're looking to do it at some point, looking to create their own company. Uh, they're very disconnected. 
So, I mean, and, and, you know, being in Seattle or Silicon Valley or wherever you might feel like you're easily in that community, maybe, maybe not. But when you talk about Africa and when you talk about Europe and you talk about South America and you talk about Asia, there's tremendous, there, there is millions and millions of people that are le feeling left out or just not connected with others doing these things. So we connect the people, we create that community and platform. Um, they also are looking for access to the right information to build their company today. You can't grab a textbook and learn how to be successful in business today. You can't like things change so rapidly that it's dynamic nature of sharing information in, in, in that sense. Um, and then access to resources and capital to build their company. You know, how do I raise money? Where do I raise money? What options do I have? You know, how do I, you know, I need access to web technologies. I need access to, you know, other services. And, and, and then lastly, a global reach. And so when you think about founders out of Africa or South America, you know, they've struggled to get their message out to a more general global audience. And so we solve all those uh, by uh, bringing together this ecosystem and serving that earliest stages of entrepreneurship. And, and so those are the things that we do. And, you know, the, the path looks to, I mean, the goal is to be the world's largest entrepreneurial brand and ecosystem uh, that has reach in all the, you know, basically roots in, in corners of the world all around the world. And it's, it's going really well. That's absolutely fantastic. I, you know, as you started talking about, you know, and I thought I knew, like, I thought I knew, but mm -hmm. as you're, you know, explaining it, unpacking it even more than what I yeah. realize, uh, it, it actually kind of blows my mind because, you know, I've seen entrepreneurship uh, from Hong Kong to Seoul to Busan. Uh, I haven't seen it in Africa. I have not seen it in Europe. Uh, I've definitely seen it in Seattle and, and frankly in Seattle, you actually solved a huge problem because Adam Schoenfeld will tell you I'm built in Seattle that Seattle has a weakness and one of those weaknesses is the early stage, right? And especially for non B2C or, or enterprise kind of companies, right? And so you solved that. And I saw the hunger, you know, when we were over at, uh, I can't remember that Capitol Hill um, uh, location, you probably know more. Yeah, the Riveter. Exactly, the Riveter. Uh, those were packed houses, right? Those were 150, maybe 200 people, uh, and everybody was schmoozing, and it, it was just, you know, literally jam-packed. But, yeah. but, but you just highlight something very interesting because I saw in Hong Kong, despite them being a financial capital, they're actually kind of like just in the earlier nascent stages of actually startup, which I, I just found it was really interesting. I thought they'd be a lot more advanced than, you know, what they are. Whereas yeah. like in Africa that you just talked about, which I'd love to hear your perspective because you probably made a couple of trips. Yes. To Africa so far. Made one. Yeah. I'm curious because yeah, I mean, OCW, Open Courseware, MIT was created around 2001 and the goal was the same. The goal was let's put something online. Let's put MIT's entire curricula up on and, and let's solve that problem in, you know, basically as far as education is concerned in Africa. But I don't know how much, you know, has actually occurred and who knows, maybe it has solved some things, but you are in person. So tell us about that. Yeah. And I think part of the, part of at least the solution, what we're seeing is, um, I mean, it's great that, you know, things are available online. It's great. 
but there has to be a formula and a structure and what seems to be is in the real world, right? There needs to be a formula and a structure that um, that people are, you know, encouraged to take some action. And when you think about Founders Live, so slight side note, I uh, I took a in, in the beginning of 2019, basically the entire year of 2019, I took a world tour and traveled uh, around the world to essentially. It was like, you know, this was in the good old days, but I was, I, I just decided to go and spend time in Founders Life cities and, you know, meet our city leaders who I had, a lot of them I had not met before in person and um, let's go meet our people. And, you know, this was in 2019, we were having events pretty much every, you know, in these cities, they were happening. And so it was big gatherings and fun parties and whatnot. And so it was a great, it was a great year. And I traveled about 70, almost 70,000 miles uh, around the world and uh, went through the United States and then went to UK and was in London. And then I went into Africa. So London was October, Africa was November, and then Argentina or, you know, South America was December. And being in Africa was not only probably, it's probably the most impactful thing that's, that's just in terms of experience uh, and, you know, being in that foreign country and foreign land and um, seeing that, you know, they are the same as us in, in, in so many ways. And, and it's kind of trite to say that, but, um, you know, entrepreneurship is, is, is absolutely entrenched there. It just, you know, it's slightly different than what we have in our world, but it's, it's predominant. You know, people are selling things in the villages. They're selling things on the street. They're making their their wares and their things. Um, but in terms of you know the entrepreneurship that we are talking about, um, what I'm seeing is there's a more of a structure. Like Founders Live coming to Harare, Zimbabwe, was significant, and now they have a gathering. Uh, they're not doing it right now, but um, in terms of they're not getting together in person, they are live streaming it. But they're gathering, they're showcasing, they're you know when I was there being there present and seeing Founders Live, just as you experienced in Seattle, the gathering, the food, the drink, the pitches, the 99 second pitches, the Q&A, it all happened the same there. And it was like very touching. It was amazing to see that. But what it proved to me was uh, they also are talented. They also are entrepreneurs and they also can be successful. They just need that structure. And we brought a structure to to that. And so, um, you know, as we start, we are continually popping, we're in, you know, we're, I would say we're in about eight, eight to 10 cities in, in Africa. And it, it's so cool to see that uh, continue to, to expand and giving them just as we have opportunities to share our vision and get exposure and actually make connections. Uh, the same thing happens in those areas of the world. And it, it really just, they just need structure. Yeah. I think that that's it. And then, and then how do you take that structure and have something built upon it, which, um, which I think I'll just uh, talk about uh, some of the new stuff coming down the line. Um, we, because of the virtual nature of things now, or it became more apparent that our virtual, uh, you know, utilizing the technologies available and having events that, you know, could be 
experience virtually and have pe people pitching from different cities or countries, uh, it became apparent that it was now time to build out what I've wanted to build for quite some time. And you might've thought this when you were at the Riveter years ago, you're like, okay, cool, this is great. But what do the, what do the winners get? Like, is there something that happens above and beyond the Founders Live Seattle event or the Founders Live Boston event or London? And now we're doing that. So we built out Founders Live Primetime, which is, you know, almost like it, the way that we describe it, it kind of is like, yeah, duh, like this kind of make, you know, this is the evolution, natural evolution of Founders Live. But Founders Live Primetime is our elevated uh, series of events that the city level winners advance onto these higher level, more global in nature competitions. And we've broken it down into the continents of the world. So regions, uh, there's Founders Live Primetime North America, there's Primetime Latin America, then, you know, eventually there's gonna be five, but there's um, Founders Live Africa, Founders Live, or Founders Live Primetime Africa, Founders Live Primetime Europe, and then Asia. And so when you look at those five regions of the world, um, we are now able to bring a more collective, a more highly assorted group of people to celebrate entrepreneurship and discover these uncovered, talented people building really amazing, cool things out of different countries around the world. We're able to do that. And um, it's been so cool. So now you have someone that's creative out of Harare, Zimbabwe, that wins their event, their Founders Live event that can now accelerate onto and pitch in front of a more global audience and, and possibly get more customers, possibly get in, connected to investors that are interested in actually supporting that, um, you know, gain confidence that they are able to literally compete on a global stage. That's transformational. And that is really what has evolved from Founders Live just starting in Seattle. And now as we continue forward, you know, that that's what we're building out. And, you know, so from the primetime events now, uh, they end, you know, we're, we're having a Founders Live Fest 2020. So that's our global summit. We've never done a global summit before. And, you know, pulling together uh, our, you know, our global community, and then the five finalists from those primetime events are going to compete for, you know, the you know, one, the top startup from Founders Live in 2020. So we're really excited about that. And that's all coming together because of the things we discovered this year uh, with virtual, as well as just the evolution of the brand. Yeah, you know, this year has actually been tough in some ways, but it sounds like for you guys, and honestly us, um, it's actually helped us in many others, right? So that is really, really cool. Um, you guys uh, are actually doing what we are talking about here today, which is educate, right? I mean, you're actually educating. So when you talked about structure, it made me think of school, or it made me think of an MBA program, or whatever the case may be, right? But it's completely different, obviously, because it's not the structure sure that you would have in each of those different, you know, environments. But um, let's pivot for a sec. Let's let's talk a little bit 
about maybe your thoughts around the educational aspect of Founders Life, because I think you're doing that, you know, indirectly or directly. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about how you, you know, honestly, you know, like what schooling, because you said you, you grew up in Yakima. Uh, so Yakima is not necessarily, you know, like a, a New York City or, or a, a Los Angeles, right? Or whatever. So let's start with, first off, maybe the educational aspect of maybe Founders Live. What do you think? Uh, this is a great question and this is a great topic. Uh, so those, if you go to founderslive.com or you come to any of our events, we talk about um, inspiration, education, and entertainment. And those three aspects are our foundation. They essentially are, you know, those are the areas that we really focus on in building this um, amazing brand. And education, the irony about it is those three have to be present for any one of them to be impactful, in my opinion. And education can be pretty dry. And, and, and not to say that that's wrong, but especially around entrepreneurship, and especially when you're trying to inspire a new generation of individuals, they might be younger, there needs to be new ways to bring helpful educating information to people. And so we merge the entertainment aspect, the funness, you know, Founders Live is fun. It's high pace, it's fast paced, it's entertaining. And oh, by the way, you're learning quite a bit through it. And so it's a subtle way for us to, I mean, clearly I would say of the three, education is the most important because it transformation, it transforms people and it helps people move into a new place in their life, but it has to be almost, um, it, it's almost hidden by how entertaining and how inspirational this whole thing is. And, and so with education, you know, I, when, when you attend, when you watch and attend a Founders Live event, you're, you're by nature, you're, you're actually learning things and you're, you're almost, you're learning how people are pitching. Oh, okay. They did that. Interesting. Um, you're learning about the startups and and learning about new companies and being educated that way. Um, you know, we have to open our event. We have like sometimes uh, interviews with other investors or you know other entrepreneurs and and actually having like a really great interview, learning how they became successful or what are they seeing now. So wrapping education and learning in a very entertaining and inspirational experience is our secret in, in the sense that we believe that, that those three things together are what makes it so impactful. And, um, you know, and then when you go on to founderslive.com, there is a number of different aspects of, it might be a pre-recorded video on, you know, fundraising tips. It might be, you know, culture and, you know, a team, how to hire. And um, maybe it's, you know, creating your MVP and your product. So there's a number of different aspects of education in that direction. And then we do live talks and, you know, on a weekly basis, there's, we're interviewing other entrepreneurs, we're interviewing people, we're doing more educative services that are live or quote webinar in, in nature. And so, yeah, I mean, it just, it's a foundational component of Founders Live. And what I am saying is it is, it can't be dry. It's gotta be interactive. It's gotta be entertaining. And it, it just has to be something that is present every single day 
uh, and that, and I think that that's what moves people forward. And it, and it involves inspiration and entertainment at the center, which is education. So I think it's, it's a cool combination. Yeah, no, uh, the investors behind masterclass would tell you the same exact thing, right? Um, uh, right. they specifically say it's not about the actual content. It's about the entertainment and, and the other aspects around masterclass that, uh, frankly, you know, creates this, I don't know, this, this, this excitement about those, you know, um, I guess opportunities to learn. Um, now, now just real quickly, uh, uh, so you grew up in Yakima, um, uh, for some reason, I remember, is it Eisenhower high school or what, what's the high school? I don't remember the high schools. Tell me a little bit. Eisen Eisenhower's here. Uh, I actually went to West Valley. Okay. And, yeah. And tell me, so growing up, uh, like I assumed you didn't figure out your path while, you know, you know, literally, you know, jumping into sports or whatever the case may be, but, but were there, you know, some aspects of, of, of who you are today, you know, through that, that early stage of your life? What's interesting about the, that question in my path was, yeah, I was, you know, I was just in, Earlier in, in my life, I was pretty focused on, you know, pre pretty focused on sports and, you know, I was a good student, um, but I, I realized now, like, I did not apply myself, which is amazing to think, you know, I got, I got A's and B's, you know, just kind of the, 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 the good, but I wasn't, you know, top of the class. I, I, I think, I think I probably could have been if I applied myself. Um, I clearly applied myself to sports and you know I played three different sports and then you know as I went to college when I made that switch of okay like I'm you know I went to Western Washington University and so when I realized like I'm not gonna play I don't want to play division two division three uh, I just was like okay it's time to get more focused in in school and and it was really in in the university that I understood what education is and what you know applying yourself to learning is and at that point in time I was pretty close to top I was definitely probably in the top five uh, percentage top five to ten percentage of my class and definitely applied myself and you know I've learned that if I enjoy the topic then I'm going to do really well and um but only in that experience and then especially going into what I do now, uh, I discovered that education and learning is so much about intrinsic drive versus external, you need to get this score or pass this class or course. Um, it's the internal drive and you know I, it's hard. What's, what's difficult about that is youth don't really have that internal drive necessarily around education because you just don't connect the dots as a young person you don't like I, I can tell you right now if i knew not only how important it was for whatever college you went to um how do i say this if i knew how important the college you went to was in even your adult life i probably would have stopped or being less focused on sports in high school, and I would have been very focused in education. So I could have gone to Stanford or Harvard, you know, Ivy League school, whatever. I, I believe I have an aptitude to be able to do that. I never did. And, and so you don't realize until you're an adult, like, oh, wow, like those names of colleges actually mean something. And I could have applied myself to then 
maybe gone to a different school. Um, there's just, you don't connect the dots when you're young in that way. You only connect those dots when you're older. And so what I find was the, 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 the internal drive and intrinsic uh, hunger for learning really only became apparent to me when I was, I would say 20, but then much more in depth when I was like, you know, 25, 30 years old, actually taking ownership of my, my personal education uh, in very way, very different ways now uh, of how I operate as an entrepreneur, as a professional, as a leader, you know, I'm always learning and all that. But um, yeah, I, if I have a regret, it was I didn't connect those dots early enough, you know, and I, sure. you can't though, it's kind of difficult to go back, obviously. Yeah, well, that that's kind of one thing that I wanted to ask, because that that kind of to me feels like uh, to a certain degree one of the the gaps or one of the holes in our education system is that you know teachers are overwhelmed and teachers sometimes don't have a lot of support uh, not only from the parents but the students are just you know giving them flack or whatever the case may be and so you know um, but they could have they could have inspired you so you know out of your three tenets right you know inspiration is huge and so uh, you know and maybe through entertainment and you know we're, we're you know I've taught for ten years I can't. Be a comedian you know the entire time right or you can't be their friend because if you are then you get literally you know stepped on and so um do you think that might be a lacking component of education is is giving that you know inspiration possibly because maybe that would have you know changed your path it's possible uh it's possible for sure i just think like you know humans respond to input differently and humans respond to um, circumstances differently. And if it's all just, you know, if it's bland, if it's uh, way too structured, if it's, you know, administered and, you know, we're talking about the old, the traditional, the traditional youth educational experience is um, of a previous generation of a previous mental model. Um, and, you know, I think we're starting to see some shifts now. Clearly COVID has, has created some dynamics, whether they're, they're good, bad, or, or going to change things. But, um, yeah, I would suggest that, you know, if there was more, and, you know, I use the word entertainment simply as, um, simply as novel and, uh, keeping attention, uh, and, and, and wanting to come back. And, and those are things that, if there's a way for in more earlier aspects of education, if there's ways to work that in, I think it's going to be a net positive um, because that's the way humans work. We, we want to look forward to things. We want to, you know, be smiling. We want to at least like be inspired to go back. And if it's not those things, it's harder to get individuals to not only want to be engaged with it, be driven internally to see the big picture of why they should be actually engaging and coming back every day. And, you know, if it's just to, well, you need to pass this grade to go to the next grade. I think that that's a little lacking. If, if there's a way to pull them versus push them there, I think that there's some innovation that can happen on, on the younger education path. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and, and, and I hope to, you know, for, for society, they do kind of work on that because uh, frankly, yeah, it, it, there's been a lot of people who struggled in their lives. And, and so 
you know, that's, that's part of the reason why we do the podcast, right, is to help uh, maybe make the changes or help people or inspire rather, you know, so that maybe someone will make those changes. Um, well, well, so that part is going to be tough. That piece is going to be tough to fix. And that might that piece might, you know, it, it might require another hour or maybe weeks, honestly, for, of discussion. But let's say you do have, you know, like you said, you know, in your 20s, you, you started to realize, okay, now I, I now know like I need to do stuff in order to get to the next step and stuff like that. Now, as adults, uh, we have all these things from Wikipedia, you know, to Founders Live and, and all these other, you know, opportunities. Do you think that there's other things that perhaps we could maybe work on a little bit better? Because, I mean, we see the Courseras of the world come in, you know, and, you know, all literally there's a, a podcast for everything now, right? And so there, there's a plethora of, of resources and information just being built every single day. Um, but now with motivation, let's say you have motivation, what else do we need? Like what, I'm sure you probably had thoughts, you know, around that to a certain degree. Maybe, maybe it's just straight up founder's life, but you know, <laughs> tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, there should be, uh, you know, I'll start with, there's just, almost too much information out there now, which, which is, is awesome, right? Like the coolest thing about the internet in general is that we now have a world that anything is at our fingertips, right? And, and that's incredible in many ways, but it's also like overwhelming and challenging at times to uh, digest, you know, the information, where do I go? What do I do? And, and why? Like, what's the point? So it's not a matter of, well, actually, let's take a major step back. In the history of the human growth and evolution, I'm talking about the last you know 500 years or maybe a thousand years, but information was not available to us. You know, um, when books were created, Gutenberg and all that really helped put words into the world in a way that we could actually learn. So you know, so before all that, I mean you were destined for essentially the way you were born, you were destined in that direction. And the access to words and actual information and intelligence, being able to pick up a book and actually read it. So traditionally you would go to like that central place, the library, whatnot. Um, people started to be able to take ownership of their growth. And uh, that was an, at the time back in hundreds of years ago, having access to books and, and being able to apply yourself and learn uh, was the first step in that. Uh, but man, think about, think about the difference between 200, 300 years ago and now. I, I, I definitely think a lot about, imagine if like Benjamin Franklin was alive today. He would, <laughs> no, he would freak out. He would literally like, he would probably faint and die because <laughs> We're talking right now, and he, he would pick up a, a, a you know smartphone. He'd be like, "Are you kidding me?" Like he would not even know how to handle it. And so, when you think about today's world, the the, the vast amount of data and intelligence and knowledge uh, is is all there. You have no excuse. Uh, so the the answer is, what is the internal like? What are the internal motivations and in connecting the line? Where does this person want to go? So what's their What's their motivation? What do they want in life? And, and then, you know, how do you get there? 
by using the access to information tools that we have available. Founders Live is obviously one of, of them. You know, Wikipedia is one of them. And, um, but the question now is not how do I, how do I learn and where do I go? It's why and what do I want? And, and I think that that's even a more powerful question, but no one has an excuse now, except they haven't thought about it enough or believed in themselves to go put the pieces together to go forward. And, and so I think that that would be the next thing we need. I mean, you know, masterclass is great. Coursera is great, but like, there's just one more thing. And this is kind of what Founders Live is tapping into is you can have all the tools you want, but people need to understand that they're just a couple steps away from, from doing the great things. There are a couple steps. And, and then if you just take an hour or two a day and digest these things, you will totally change your life. And, and most people don't understand that as well. And so I think that that's what's, what's not here yet, or what's really starting to be built is it's not, the, it's not the access to information. It's like, the, the inspiring people to go and move into a better place and, and wanting to bring change and positive things to the world. And, and the, the, the why of that is probably what is not there yet. No, completely. Um, I think one thing you solve uh, or help solve definitely is affirmation. Because a lot of us, you know, kind of have our speculation. I mean, we speculate that certain things can be true. And that's why we do our you know, startups, right? Go out and research to whatever the case may be. But until the real world tells us, you know, that we are willing to buy your product or, or you know, yeah. use it or whatever the case may be, we don't know. And so Founders Live actually helps you get one step closer to that because then, then obviously if everybody votes, oh, that's a really cool idea, then that confidence that that person gets, you know, they don't necessarily need to have $25,000 in their pocket because they get more than $25,000 in mental, you know, uh, gain, I would argue, uh, by people basically just saying, hey, that's a cool idea, right? Uh, and so you give those people that affirmation. I mean, wouldn't you say that's the case? I mean, I'm not here trying to, you know, <laughs> advertise Founders Live because in all honesty, you know, um, as, as we talked about before, there was no specific, you know, course that we were going to take today. But, but don't you think that's what Founders Live does to a significant degree? Yes, that's why we, we focus on early, early stage. And, you know, I've, I've heard this a, a few times or a lot where, you know, um, traditional venture capital and you look at like, whether it's like series A funding or, you know, larger investment checks. Um, or when you look at like tech stars and the accelerators, you know, a lot of them are like, oh, you don't qualify yet. And, and by the way, when, you know, tech stars or Y Combinator, when they're taking their applications, <clears throat> they might be getting a thousand applicants and they only keep 50 or 100 you know tech stars is like 10 or 15 um and they might get 500 or a thousand what happens to the rest of those they're just told no you don't you're, you're not good enough yet and and i actually have a huge problem with that and so when when you look at what founders live does we put on stage people that are just a few steps farther than you or a few steps farther along than the audience. And the great thing about that, the absolute secret of that is, is that, that there is more inspiration created by 
you watching someone that's maybe one or two steps further than you down the path and you watch them on stage and you're like, oh, that's cool. And if they can do that, I can do that. I'm going to do that. That's the combination versus, oh, putting Bill Gates on stage and interviewing him and asking, oh, you're a billionaire. How did you do it uh, 30 years ago? Or even Mark Zuckerberg. I don't like he's one in, you know, 8 billion roughly. And that it doesn't even compute. And, and I, I just don't even, I don't really look up to someone like that in the sense, um, or they don't inspire me. You know, the people that are in the fight that are like creating the things that are getting traction and they're just starting out and they're getting their, they're figuring it out and they're starting to become successful. Those are, in my opinion, the most relatable to the general public. And those are the ones, so they, they're, that's the affirmation. It's the people that are pitching, that are just getting going, that are saying, we're, we're showing them, you can do it and here's your path. And, and we're giving the audience for that. But then the people that are in the audience, we're making it so relatable that that's why it's telling them you can go do it too. You know, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, Dorsey from Twitter, they're not relatable. Jeff Bezos, not relatable. And <laughs> you know, people might want to be billionaires and that whatever, that's fine not relatable, but people pitching at Founders Live are your peers. And, and that, that's the coolest part about it. So yeah, I think, I think we're piecing those dots together in a way that um, not a lot of others are doing. Um, one last question on education before we uh, finish off with these five cues, what we call them. Um, one thing that I actually um, ask a lot of people is what do you think is the most effective way to learn? And a lot of them can't guess it, um, a few do, but, um, and I won't pose it to you right now because I think you do it every day. And this is, uh, most of the people learn best when they're doing it themselves or they're teaching it themselves, right? And so teachers actually benefit the most out of the education system because they, they're forced to basically understand that, that, that mm -hmm. content, right? Before they actually try to espouse it on other, other kids or, or students. What would you say, uh, you know, in this, you know, several, geez, 2014, so six years of founder's life, you know, uh, you, I said life because it is a life, <laughs> but, but what would you say as far as how much you've learned from this whole experience and how you've, you know, seen other people learn from just the practice of doing what they're doing? I uh, just, I mean, I I've learned so, I, so much that I can't even quantify, um, but it's taking a slightly different angle here. It's, it's learning by observation and osmosis. Uh, it's the only way, in my opinion, for people to fully take ownership of what they're learning is to dive in, get in. Um, that's why apprenticeship is so valuable, right? You know, and a lot of the trade industries, yeah, you can read some books, but you got to get in there and be alongside someone for a while. And then, then you go off on your own. And that's essentially what we're doing in a sense that, hey, come in here, get around the community, start to attend things, start to do things, start your own project, and then learn through, you know, connection and osmosis. Um, I feel like that is the number one way. And so for me, by being the center of it, and, you know, I think, the most, you know, selfishly, if there's anything selfish about me and Founders Live is 
I wanted to create this around me so I could, you know, learn and I could connect and I could be in, entertained, obviously. But um, yeah, I just, each new event, you learn something new. Uh, each new little course, you learn something new. That's why we're working, you know, we're, we're continually having partners give talks on Founders Live about things like, you know, uh, accounting and finance and fundraising and team, you know, culture and recruiting and, you know, all that leadership. And, and so, yeah, I, I can't even quantify what I've learned, but it's um, not only is it a blessing to be within this, but uh, this is only the start. I mean, I, I just, I have a lifelong learning as, you know, aspect, a, a viewpoint on my life and I'm not going to stop. And, and so, you know, knowing, like, I think one thing that's ironic is especially building your own company and, and the path of entrepreneurship is, I think it's a good sign when you start realizing each thing, each and every day that you learn something and you learn more that you realize you don't know a lot. And, and that's a scary thing, but it's also a very good sign when you start internalizing like, oh, yeah, I don't know a lot. And every day I'm going to continue to learn. That's the thing is I'm just a learning uh, individual. I'm growth oriented. Um, you never know it all. And that's never a good thing if you think that way. Um, but that's my viewpoint is you learn enough to realize you don't know a lot and, and you got to learn a lot more. Definitely. Definitely. I hope you don't, uh, yeah, switch that mindset. So that's really, really cool. All right. So we're going to, we're going to jump into these five cues as we call them. Uh, we used to call it the lightning round, but, but we also realized the short answer wasn't necessarily the best answer. So, uh, so the first question that I have for you is, um, who's your hero? Yeah. You know, I have a lot. Um, I'm going to say one, a quick one that's not alive and then a quick one that's alive. Um, I mentioned him before, but you know, I, the more I read about uh, Franklin, Ben Franklin, uh, he was a very dynamic, interesting individual. And, you know, someone that when I go back in history, like I really, that would be someone that I would have really enjoyed getting to know. And um, he was definitely an entrepreneur in many ways and a part of the birth of the United States. So uh, I thought that that was definitely a, in terms of a hero, he's one of them. And then uh, I actually look, I look at Oprah as definitely a individual to aspire to in, in, in this sense. I think not only is she an amazing leader and woman entrepreneur, but she set out to do entrepreneurship exactly her own way. And she like self-made by far. So from a, a personality to a, an entrepreneur, to a leader, to uh, someone that has created many different, you know, uh, products and networks and understanding uh, the dynamic scaling nature of things. Uh, I look to her and, you know, I've not met her yet. Maybe, maybe I will, maybe I won't, but um, definitely up there in the people that I look at that it's like, interesting, unique path. And, and I like the way that she paved it. So would, would she be uh, the answer to our next question, which is uh, who, who's a good role model for society today? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take that. Yes. And then <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to stay away from political nature, but 
all I would say is 44 was a lot better than 45 from how, how to, how to handle yourself, I think is also the way that I would say that. Got it. Good. Um, so our third question is, um, a pretty important one, I would argue, because there's a lot more, um, that is not unpacked in society. And as a result, we end up, you know, overlooking this, uh, I'm not going to go into why I asked this question because I've said it enough in past podcasts, but regardless, there are people out there that, that struggle, including us, right? We don't have great days every single day, right? It's even, even if we look like we're really enjoying life or, or very positive, there are definitely days that are tough. So how do you get through those? And what would you give as far as advice when it comes to those difficult times? It's true. Uh, we all have challenges and struggles. Uh, all I can say on this one is um, you, the, the biggest mistake is to take it all on your own and, and to not have people in your life that you can work with and through that will help you. And what I've learned is I've got some coaches around me and um, you know, there's three individuals, two are more therapist-ish, and then one is more very business coach, you know, like he's he's very much a business coach, a, a scaling growth coach. And then the other two are in the more direction of therapist and, and all that, and <clears throat> best decision I've ever made. So it really helps you by having at least a coach, if not, you know, having a therapist around you helps you have someone to bring out those things and then look at them in a different way. And they are clearly trained to do that in, in a way that is incredibly helpful. So anyone that's struggling, I would say, and I know, you know, financially, it's not easy to look at paying for a therapist or a coach. And there's, there's ways to figure that out, but you got to get people around you and they can't be your family it's not, it's not fair to your family to put the things that you can't lean on them in that way. You need, you need to have family for different reasons and your relationships and other things to make sure that you're good in that part of your life. So that's why coaches and therapists are there. They're, they're like a non-related, there's nothing dynamically on the table, except they're here to help you. And they're a confidant on that. So I, I would encourage people to have someone or more people in your life around that because it helped me tremendously. So I'm going to add an addendum here because I've never done this before, but your answer uh, um, touched on it. We struggle a lot of times with the concept of money. And when you were building Founders Live, you know, it was not a money driven, you know, producing, you know, uh, activity, I assume, right? It, it's yep. a sponsorship. There's other ways of basically funding the activity, but it's, it, there's not a very clear, you know, path of, of financing everything that's happened up through today. So I can imagine that was kind of a struggle. And then on top of that, you know, um, what you just talked about in terms of why we don't go and seek therapists or, or counselors because they charge us $200 an hour or whatever the case may be. So how'd you get over that? I'm curious because, you know, and, and, you know, maybe it's a mindset you, you have to have intrinsically as you were talking about before, but that, that, that's a really interesting thing that you, you, you actually mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, these are, 
you know, present challenges as well at times. And, you know, we've, we've flipped into a new business model that we're building out. So working on that. Um, but the fact is you just, if you, if you make it important in your life, you figure it out and you figure out those are like the primary, like I am going to make sure that I have the ability to pay for these things in my life. Uh, you can always talk with them and, and figure out, uh, you know, some alternative agreements or ways that you can, you know, is it, you don't work with them twice a month, you work with them once a month, is it every other month, you can figure that out, right? But if it's important to you, you're going to find that budget. And it's like, the it's just one of, it's the best decisions that you can make, because they're going to lead to other successful things. You know, it's like, I don't even want to say it's an investment in yourself it's a smart decision. And, you know, I've been able to have a number of people around me in various ways. Uh, but, you know, just figuring out in between the two people, what is our agreement and how can it be beneficial to both people? And, you know, clearly you obviously want to be able to compensate them, but if you can't, you figure out some creative ways to be able to work around that. And, you know, a lot of people will, uh, a lot of people will, will, figure out a way to do that. But um, yeah, I would just suggest, you know, frequency, um, you know, the ability to like talk with them about what the compensation could be and maybe work on a stair step, you know, Hey, for the next six months, it, could it be this? And then we'll work to this. And then it could be that next year, that sort of thing in terms of what you pay them. There's many creative ways to do that. That sounds good. Um, so last two questions, fortunately are, are, are a little bit easier. So what do you like to eat? What, what's your favorite, uh, you know, dish? Um, just to get to know you better. What I'm going to say is, uh, this is a tough one, but um, it's what I had this morning. I love breakfast sandwiches and, um, you know, eggs, cheese, maybe some ham or, um, you know, bacon in there. And um, it's definitely breakfast sandwiches are, or even a breakfast burrito, but I would say breakfast sandwiches top that barely with one of my most favorite things. I eat them probably four or five times a week. I'm going to have to introduce to you uh, one of our past guests. She said something very similar. So that's very cool. Love, love <laughs> and the last question, uh, is there something that you haven't shared or something that maybe, you know, that's very unique uh, to Nick Hughes that we don't know about today? Uh, you know, again, you're a good guy, we know, but anything unique that, you know, frankly, that, that different. That's a good question. Um, I, I think I can just say, um, so I just turned 40 and I think, I think this, the second half of my life is going to be 10 times better than the first half. So, you know, just, just, I think that that might be take it for what it's worth, but I don't think we've seen anything yet at all from, from me and founders live. Awesome. No, that's yeah. uh, chapter two of Nick Hughes that, <laughs> that we're going to get to watch. So that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, but before we, we close up today, uh, I always like to provide uh, our listeners, um, you know, who could be potentially venture capitalists. They could be, you know, who knows, uh, future founders lives, uh, uh, coordinators in other cities. Right. Uh, so how do they get a hold of you in case they want to reach out? Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Founders Live. You can find me on, you know, Founders Live, Nick Hughes, um, LinkedIn, easy. Um, I like, it's easy to give out, you know, my email is nick at founderslive.com. Simple, shoot me a message, say hi. 
So, you know, those are probably the ways that you would easily get a hold of me and, you know, feel free to say hi and throw any questions that you want. Awesome. Well, I, I know, you know, from personal experience, you, you're very good at getting back. And uh, I also know how humble you've remained uh, since the day mm -hmm. I've gotten to know you. So I think this is awesome. And I know you will, you'll, you'll continue to stay that way. So we're lucky to have you here today. And uh, I, I sincerely wish you the best, uh, uh, you know, with the next iteration of Founders Live. Well, appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. Hey, it's Brandon, your host of Educate. We sincerely appreciate you spending some time listening to the show. Hopefully you've gained a little bit from the time with our guests. And if you have a moment, please feel free to leave a review, whether it be constructive criticism or another five-star review. We simply would be happy to hear from you. Oh, and if you don't mind subscribing, that's an additional bonus. We look forward to having you back here on Educate.